<laughs> well, no, the, like 20 or 30 hours happened and you're getting the best of it. Oh, okay, okay. We recorded for 20 or 30 hours and we brought you only the best. Yeah, well, that's what the, that's, that's what I like, like that. Yeah. That's nice. It's a nice sentiment. We have one follow-up. Well, we, we have one follow-up that I want to cover. Okay. Um, which is kind of a follow-up, but it's gonna, I'm going to turn the follow-up into a fun fact. Cool. And we've got, we've got feedback that we spend too much effort pretending that we're not supposed to say where you work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, you work somewhere interesting, but I don't want to get you in trouble. But I think we've established we're not going to get you in trouble. So, fun fact, Arik works at Netflix. Oh, that's what we're saying. Okay, yeah, we can roll with that. I mean, no, that's actually true. You can also pretend. <laughs> oh, net Netflix? You said Netflix? What? I've heard. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, we could. What is this? Yeah. This flicks of the net that yeah. you speak of? I do. I do work at Netflix. That's true. Yeah, and I and I think that's interesting. And not, the show obviously is not about our jobs or no. anything like that. Not really. No. Uh, but it's kind of cool. You made uh, you made the thing where it, it downloads the stuff. I, I did have things to do with things uh, that download things and stuff. That's very accurate. Yeah, like if you uh, want to watch uh, your Stranger Things on the subway and you don't have uh, internet down there, then uh, it can load them up for you. It if presumably presuming you have already loaded them up for you. Yeah, yes. and then Arik hasn't created a horrible bug in the system. That <laughs> yeah, now I'm gonna get like specific bug reports. Yeah, yeah. If uh, there, if anything <laughs> is ever wrong with any part of Netflix, regardless of whether or not it's part of the iOS app, then yeah, it's, it's, it's Arik's fault. fault. And then uh, please let me just know. at Fun Fact yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> become tech support for Netflix. Just let me know. <laughs> yeah, he'll be good. Yeah. No, it's a great job. I really love it. Cool. It's um. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to get that out of the way to let the record be straight. And it's kind of a fun fact. Yeah. So I have a, a like a somewhat similar like fun fact that's not really a fact. Okay. It's just like, I mean, it is a fact. It is totally a fact. It's just not. It's not on Wikipedia. It's not. It does not. It would be funny if it was on Wikipedia. Anyone can edit Wikipedia. That's true. So I, should, I, should, ed- I should edit it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, fun fact. It took me 102 days to get a replacement windshield for my car. Oh, my God. Have we talked? This must have been once mentioned, at least on the show, probably. Maybe. Maybe. No, we didn't. But maybe not. This is the, you have a Tesla, and Tesla's putting all the windshields into new Model 3s. Yes. They don't have any windshields for Model 3s with broken windshields. That is correct. And so you just literally can't get a windshield. Yeah. So three and a half months ago, I uh, there was like a... A, a pebble hit my windshield and mm-hmm. then before i had a chance to do anything about it uh the weather changed dramatically over the course of one day and there was suddenly like a crack that covered like half of the windshield right and it uh, sounds like a good I, way to drive around for three entire months <laughs> yeah well and i contacted tesla and they were like we don't do glass work anymore you should contact a glass workshop so i did and they're like we don't have any windshields because tesla won't give us any so then i contacted tesla again and they were like no you really can't come to us so then i had to contact the glass people again and they're like okay we'll put you on a waiting list and then the other day they were like, hey, we actually do have windshields. And when, when, I, when I went in there, they were like, yeah, we have we have 10, but there's 23 people on yeah. the wait list. So, um, so did they go by the order that you went on the list? or did it was- I would assume, yeah. yeah. So luckily, I, I guess I was uh, it was my time. But so I, do, I did get a replacement windshield. And then, of course, because so I was with my wife and I said, you know, I, it's so great to have the car back to like 100%. I really... Hope nothing happens on the way home today. I don't know why I said that. You shouldn't have said that. Don't say that. Yeah. And I was parked somewhere and someone hit the car. So. What? Yeah. It's like, so they left a note, which is really nice. 
and uh and and so insurance is dealing with it or whatever but how's the windshield though body shop windshield is fine okay that's the valuable part because that's the part you can't apparently replace for three entire months right well i don't know what's gonna happen when i go to the shop if they're gonna be like yeah we don't do tesla body work or whatever right well it's gonna be the same thing you need like a tesla headlamp or a tesla this and tesla that and whatever tesla's like okay well around the verge of bankruptcy do we want to put this headlamp into (laughs) a model three that we're trying to sell someone or do we want to give it to somebody for for their that they already paid us money yeah so we'll see but it's uh it is the downside of uh, most things about owning that car are wonderful but uh but that part is not ideal Hmm. all right well i'll keep that in mind next time i'm considering buying a model three and then getting uh somebody in a parking lot to run into it i think you should get a model y personally but uh i think that's true actually i think if, yeah, if that'd be more appropriate for your the life. the slightly wagonier yeah yeah Tesla. it's the it's everything you want in a car uh <laughs> it's well known it's some of the things i want in a car it's some of the things that you want in yeah a car. um yeah the uh the inability to to fuel it or to, to power no, it. it's so great i haven't been to a gas station in so long i don't want to, to get to be clear i don't want to go to gas stations i just i think you like hanging out at gas stations <laughs> can't uh <laughs> I, I don't have a charger uh, or the the right to install one in our, i think in that's room. really the problem yeah. actually so we were thinking of moving recently and then that was part of the reason why we were like hmm, maybe not because it is hard like we're very fortunate at where we live at that we have a charger and like you know what do you do like it's like well i can move to this house but now i can't charge my car yeah um so i'll avoid that but there's some other things about the model i haven't scoped out exactly like how does the the storage space um kind of you know model y compare to um like the kind of car we have now which is golf wagon but i feel like it would probably be pretty similar especially once you include i the think it might be even from be better but the, the ridiculous thing with this not to like tesla complaint corner is like one of the themes of yeah. the show but um it definitely is because i will be complaining <laughs> uh the, this thing that i don't understand why the, oh, like uh, and there must be a reason for this but the the front trunk on tesla's is not or at least on the model threes and then the model y's is not is water sealed that's not true or it's not air sealed? No, it's it's sealed. Okay. Mm, I <laughs> was told that it wasn't. I'm pretty sure. But you own one, so I feel like I you do. have I do the, own one. I, yeah, I was under the impression that you... The, the BMW one is not water sealed. It definitely has weather stripping. Oh, maybe it's the BMW one that I'm thinking. That's the i3. The i3 is not. And I when I heard that, I was like, that's ridiculous. That's so useless. I have something in there that definitely I don't want to get wet, so I hope I'm right about this. Yeah, um, apparently there's some mm-hmm. people complaining on the internet that the front, mm-hmm. <laughs> the front trunk <laughs> in the Tesla can sometimes leak a little bit, but uh, that the way that people are complaining about it is definitely it seems like it was always sealed, and it, I yeah. was thinking of the BMW. I have a family member who also has a Model Three who currently has a trunk that will not open. Ah, well, what are you? Which do? seems like a, pr- a problem. <laughs> Well, I just order anyone from Tesla Repair. I'm sure they'll get right on it'll, providing that It'll be to you. right on there. You'll be on a waiting list for at least 102 days. At least. But that's okay because yeah. it's it's a nice car. All right. So to cancel out my fun fact that was like yours, a non-Wikipedia fact, right. which makes it, you know, an asterisk. Totally. Not necessarily yeah. full fact. Um, right. Partial fact. Yeah. I've got more of a facty fact um, that I learned about recently that I thought was cool. So... Fun fact, yeah. until the mid-1800s, paper was made from rags. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? That was one of the things <laughs> I found fascinating by this. 
I was like, what is the definition of a rag? Because I feel like every part of that needs a definition. I need right. to know like what is paper? From what is the what paper, are the 1800s rag? 1800s, I'm good. That one I get. Yeah. So that was immediately when I have learned this fact that paper was made from rags. I immediately was like, okay, but what do you mean by rag? Right? Because yeah, when I hear rag, rag, like what do you think of when you hear? A, I think of an old T-shirt. Right. Or just like old garment. Some kind of yeah, or cloth of some kind. Yeah, that's been degraded in some way. Yeah, that's no longer useful for anything else, and therefore it's ragged, perhaps, yeah. and then now is being used for, you know, like checking the, well, not in my car anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but checking the uh, oil in yes. your car, for example. So that is what they made paper out of, is discarded clothing. What? Yeah, which does not seem like it would scale, but... right, Or even be possible. Or even be possible, but... Yeah, so until the mid-1800s, there was um, people where were discarding clothing at a rate higher okay. than they were making paper because okay. not a lot of books and newspapers were being sold and yeah. clothing wasn't necessarily, I guess, super durable. Um, okay. And so the best way that they had kind of developed to make paper at the time was to take rags and they actually would import rags from countries that uh, were around Europe and they would bring them to places like England where they would make large quantities of paper and they'd have the paper industry there, import them on ships full of rags and just a rag ship, a, ra- a, ra- a rag ship, they would call them. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure and the did. ship was also made out of rags. No, that's not true. But the, <laughs> no, that'd be cool. Uh, maybe the, I, I don't know for sure it wasn't, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. But the ship carried rags. They would have factories of of people like low wage workers sorting the rags by quality of how white they were or how white they could get them from from bleaching them and 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 there and this was like a, a like a, a job you could have was just sorting rags okay to to quality grades so that you can make paper out of it and then they would just uh, bleach them and boil them and mash them all up and uh, and so when people would one of the euphemisms for a newspaper is a rag like the local rag yes yeah uh-huh, right yeah. and that's because it was made out of rags poor quality paper so the paper was not very good quality well i mean it just wasn't good quality in general i mean it was 1800s paper so um sure. but I, my understanding was that actually it like was better in some ways than like there's lots of alternatives then they didn't really investigate much because there were so many rags but as paper usage started to go up and and reading and consumption started to go up in the 1800s they started to actually have rag shortages where they couldn't find enough of discarded clothing to make all the paper they, they were wow okay. and it was way too expensive to use new uh cloth well for sure yeah that, that makes sense but there was like this super high demand for a while there's like people going around like tr- like stealing people's scrounging rags yeah yeah wait so what how do you do you understand how you do you know the technical aspect? like how do you get how do you take like a shirt and make it into something that would have enough like stiffness to be able to write on it with a pen hmm. i'm not entirely sh- well i mean it doesn't have to be that stiff like if it's fu- yeah i guess what, what it needs is to not stretch it needs to not stretch, right? It needs to not move. It has to have no give. Maybe shirts in that era just didn't have any give to begin with. <laughs> they were not very comfortable. Modern. We don't have like a tri-blend, <laughs> tri-blend American apparel. <laughs> tri, tri. Yeah, that, I'm kind of like picturing like a like cotton or something. I guess it definitely wasn't cotton. Like that's crazy. Like I would. Well, do, I think it I was. Would I think it like was cotton. Some... Like cloths were oh, okay. made from well, cotton. I want to see like a sample of this paper. I want to like experience this paper. Yeah. So yeah, cotton paper. Yeah. 
It is <laughs> so cotton paper is superior in both strength and durability to wood pulp based paper. Oh, so our paper today is trash. Yeah. Uh, and doesn't last as long as, as, as rag paper did. Uh. And, and there, that's like when cheap wood pulp paper came along, it was like derided. Oh, wow. And like, that's where pulp fiction comes along. It's that, like, it was printed on pulp. It was printed on crappy pulp paper that doesn't last very long. Like you couldn't oh archive God. something made out of high acidic pulp paper. Cause like yeah. tree fiber is really like tree, like tree bark and yeah. and wood is further away from paper than a, a piece of cloth is if you just think about so it so we're just ruining we're just ruining trees for no reason now well i mean just because we don't have enough rags i mean maybe you have enough rags to compensate for all the paper that you use but so maybe like we just need to grow hemp um yeah so there was a, an era in the 1800s when there was this rag shortage and and they were trying to feed this burgeoning uh print industry of all the newspapers and and magazines and stuff like that were that were popping up where they tried a whole bunch of wild variations of of types of things that they were trying to make things with flax and they were trying to make things with like various different types of papers um but it took a while before they settled in on pulp as the thing that they could do in enough volume at enough quality that it could like start to replace the the rag paper do you know what my favorite thing would be but it, i don't think it's true well it's definitely not true i'm gonna say uh, what's that but i wish i wish that there had been a job at one point of like people who had to like they would make shirts and they would make someone wear it for like a day or two like really wear it in like go for a run or something and then they would take it and make paper like like if they thought <laughs> like that this like, is one of those it being <laughs> induced demand used. things where it's like right that if <laughs> like the thing where they were paying people to in india to the british colonizers who were idiots were like let's just there's all these snakes there's vipers let's pay people for each viper that they catch right so then they were like breeding hordes of vipers that were then like they could then make lots of money from but then they were getting loose and there's like more vipers it's like that. This is what I want. Yeah. Like rag, a rag creator. I don't want more vipers. But there was... I want there to have been... <laughs> there was a job <laughs> that involved the rag collection. Have you heard of a rag and bone? I have, yeah. Yeah, and so this is somebody who'd come door to door in this era and you know knock on people's doors and, and say rag and bone or whatever and basically... Oh, so this was like the, uh, the, the bottles and cans collector of their day. Yes. Yes, the bottles and cans collector, what he was collecting was... Uh, rags and other stuff that could be repurposed um but like wow. the, the backbone of this uh little industry was the rags that the, the the paper manufacturers wanted and so they would they would scavenge uh people's rags that's inc- that's that's so great yeah i mean it probably wasn't great yeah. for them no probably wasn't uh and they you had good what, paper apparently i'm kind of jealous or I their paper was better out of all of yeah. this yeah i mean i'm sure that there's some well i guess they still make like u.s currency is made out of cloth paper still isn't it uh that is a wonderful question that uh i do not know the answer to uh at all i don't know that much about how they make money i know a little bit but i don't know that much fun fact uh fun fact u.s paper currency is made up of 75 percent cotton and 25 percent linen okay it's uh i'm gonna make it assured well maybe they get fresh cotton (laughs) that's Wait, so if you took the rag from people and you paid them in dollars, mm. you'd be it'd be very like inefficient. Or well, it depends on the ratio. It depends on the production ratio. 
how many dollars well, I you guess paid them. True. Maybe we've found like a perpetual <laughs> motion machine. A here. perpetual paper machine. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just require a little bit of extra in order to make the scheme work, which is the authority to print valid U.S. currency. I'm going to get right yeah. on that. But if but apparently yeah. if we get that, then we can have a, a rag scheme going. <laughs> if there's anyone who could run a rag scheme, it would definitely be us. Yeah. The scheme brothers, I feel like. Dear U.S. Treasury. <laughs> we would love to run a scheme. Yeah. Could you please assist Please us? find a text. Well, it, it's funny, but I actually have a 1800s meaning of things, names, terms, and schemes. Fun fact. That is very exciting. I am always in for a scheme fact, uh, and I can always count on you for 1800s fact. And so I feel like this is this is some synergy. But it's just it's crazy, right? Like you, that was your fact, and now I have a fact that works so perfectly with it. I feel like we're we're coming we're in sync. We're firing fact-wise. on all cylinders. Or all battery tubes. What is the? I don't know what is it. Oh, the cylindrical. What are they called? The what are those things? What are tubes called in a centrifuge? What? (laughs) 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 Um, We may have been going in different directions. We're going in different directions. Let's just let's just pass by that and continue on to your 1800s scheme related. Yes. Yes. Here we go. You ready for this? I'm super ready. Fun fact: the 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 negative association of the term snake oil salesman mm, mm-hmm. really does originally refer to people selling the oil of snakes, the actual oil from snakes. So yeah, some questions arise. Yeah, but uh, snakes have oil. <laughs> <laughs> it's an excellent first question. So as is often the case with me, there's some like background you mm-hmm. need to know. Okay, so uh, in the 1800s. I told you, 1800s, this is all 1800-related. Mm-hmm. Well, mostly 1800-related. It kind of creeps into the 1900s. Uh, there were many thousands of Chinese workers who came to the United States um, as indentured laborers to work on building the Transcontinental Railroad. Yes, we had that in Canada I, as well. I think you had, I was about to say, I think you had that in yeah. Canada as well. And apparently there were like 180,000 immigrants in the U.S. at least between 1849 and 1882. And they brought a lot of things with them from China. And one of the things they brought with them was snake oil. Which was it uh, is oil made from the Chinese water snake, and it's traditional Chinese medicine. It's a traditional Chinese medicine. It's rich in omega three acids, and it helps with inflammation. And it was really good. It probably still is really good for treating uh, like arthritis and bursitis and things like in that. In particular, and so the in yeah. particular, yeah. And so Chinese workers on the railroads would use the oil, you know, after a long day's work, hard work building a railroad, and apparently they would share it with their non Chinese coworkers. And as a result of that, people in the U.S. started to get really excited about snake oil, but there wasn't, you know, a local supply. And so they started trying to figure out how they could make their own snake oil, hmm. which was somewhat complicated by the fact that they don't, we don't have any Chinese water snakes in the Right. US. And so they were looking for alternative oily snakes. They were looking for alternative snakes and they settled on the rattlesnake. Hmm. Uh, and that ultimately led to a guy named Clark Stanley, who was billed as the rattlesnake king. Okay. And yeah, which is a pretty incredible title. And at the 1893 World's Fair, he he launched his rattlesnake, his snake oil business by taking a live snake and and like cutting it open in front of a crowd, okay, and then like boiling it and then using the fat to make his own snake oil. So he's like giving away the recipe. He's he's like, this is so great, and like all you need to do is just like wrestle a, a rattlesnake. Yeah, you know, don't get bit and go through all this process, or you could just pay me for this, right? Snake oil. But there were two problems with his oil. Hmm. 
No, the first problem is that rattlesnake oil is a lot less effective than Chinese snake oil. I'm still kind of grappling with this idea that there ever was effective snake oil. <laughs> no, because Chinese water snakes have more than three times as much omega-3 as rattlesnakes have. Right. In the, the fatty fatty amino acids. And then the second problem was that Stanley's oil didn't actually have any rattlesnake in it. Right. So they've got a one-two punch of, it's not that thing, and even if it was that thing, it wouldn't work. Right. But so in 1917, the federal government uh, seized samples of his oil, and they found that it was primarily made of mineral oil, made of like beef fat and red pepper, capsicum, and, and turpentine. Uh, okay. Yeah. You got to get some turpentine in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what led to the use of snake oil to mean a pejorative thing, mm. because it was the idea that you're selling something that's that's fake right so it's not the idea that fake snake oil does nothing but that people would sell fake snake oil right it's fake snake oil huh. and uh he was he was fined uh for his his crime right of not selling legitimate snake oil snake oil he's fined 20 dollars oh, well how are you going to recover from that which is 433 dollars equivalent today still not much not much of a fine no, not at all. But what I find equally crazy to all of that is that while he was selling counterfeit snake oil, his counterfeit oil wasn't actually a placebo. It's basically the same thing as modern day Vicks VapoRube. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like it had like enough like menthol and, and whatever. It's stuff the, I think it's the capsicum or whatever it's that's like in it. It's like spiciness yeah. and so it would make your, your sinuses run. Well, according to the uh, Wikipedia article, because, of course, that's what we were, were saying, you know, it's uh, camphor is an active yeah. ingredient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and it's 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 the capsicum that is also in there. And basically both of them are used in like pain patches and, and chest rubs and pain sprays and things like that. Huh. So by making a fake snake oil, he made uh, accidentally made a different, maybe useful for something thing. But because it wasn't because of basically false advertising, because of false advertising, if he had just yeah. said that it was mineral oil with camphor and stuff, then he yeah, but then he wouldn't have been able to peddle his snake oil <laughs> because <laughs> it wasn't really snake oil, huh? Yeah, because it was mineral oil with capsicum, turpentine, and camphor. I did not expect yeah. it to go th- th- this to go that way. <laughs> yeah, you could see on the Wikipedia page they have the the like. Uh, d- decision against him that finds him the twenty dollars. I feel like that's almost like in the category of this thing back from months ago of the German lemonade company that was being fined for not having enough sugar in their lemonade. <laughs> that's right. It's like because this is still good for something. It's like the regulators are are cracking down on not really the right thing. Right, but you can't call it snake oil liniment and not have snake oil in there. Yeah, I mean that's that's reasonable. But, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'll keep that in mind next time I'm. Uh, I'm, I, actually, it's interesting you say that because I was playing some Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, a few weeks ago. Yes, a popular video game. Yeah, and in, it takes place in the late 1800s, early late 1800s, and right. there's, you can get snake oil in it, and you can uh, consume it, and it you gain health or whatever. And Oh, so the snake oil is good. It does something in the game, and I always kind of rolled yeah. my eyes. I'm just like, well, <laughs> no? I guess it's a placebo. No, but yeah, apparently uh, that's good to know. Huh? Whether it's real yeah. snake oil or non-placebo, yeah. actually gotta buy authentic camphor. snake oil. Oh. Yeah, um, I don't have any more 1800s fun facts. That's okay. I think it's okay. Two is our minimum quota per episode, and then we can kind of minimum roam. or maximum. Uh, no, it's just a it's just a minimum. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Okay. 
I have a film-related one, though, which is kind of how we roll. Although we decided we can call them the movies now. <laughs> I think you could call them either one. I've been playing around with just switching between the two. Mm, I guess that's better. Yeah. don't You can't get locked in. I think you can't. I th- I'm pretty sure I'm. St- every time I say film, I still see I don't sound like a douche. So I think I'm going to have to. <laughs> well, one step at a time. At least try to. One day at a time, Alan. Okay. Fun fact. In Canada, movies are rated, uh, like, like classified as their, their age appropriateness rating. They're rated sure. not by the country, but actually province by province. They have different movie ratings. That seems untenable. You would think. It would seem totally impractical. I do think. Yeah. Uh, but I only learned a few days ago that that was a, even the case. I just assumed. But, but that's because you've lived in one province your whole life. Exactly. I didn't realize that there's provinces with, oh, this is an 18 rate, rated, are in one province and it's different. It sounds like total chaos. Uh, but yeah. no one even really knows it's a problem because it doesn't cause well, any problems how widely different are the ratings like i would imagine they'd only be like maybe one off. yeah they're generally only there isn't like a g and then rated r and although hold on what are the canadian ratings for things that's a good question so yeah. um they are g and pg which i think is in the same in the states same as the yeah. u.s yeah um mm-hmm. and then for the like the pg but up to a certain age ones yes that have an ancient person you have to go with yeah so our equivalent of pg 13 is 14 a uh, that seems worse for the 13 year olds. It's worse for the 13 year olds, but the 14 year olds get slightly better movies. What's the A? 14 with an adult. Like you, you have to, like, do you have to be with a parent? Yeah, you, oh, uh, yeah, like, with PG 13, you have to be with a parent. Yeah, you have to be with a parent unless you're 13. So 14A is like you have to be 14 if you're not with a parent. 18A is you have to be 18 if you're not with a parent. If you're not with yeah. a parent. And then there's R, which is not very commonly used, which is you can't, can't come even with a parent. You're completely banned, which is like, you have to be over. That's our NC-17, I believe. Yeah. Yes. No matter what, you can't go. And so that, that's the equivalent we have R, um, which is in the States, R is you can go with a parent, I believe. Yeah. I think I think NC-17 is the only one where you, you literally legally can't go. Right. And so the reason I ended up coming into knowing this, oh, okay. So then also something interesting about that is like, okay, so you have these ratings and it's just like, okay, British Columbia decides this is the rating and like Nova Scotia decides this is the rating and they disagree. Uh, but right. we need to, yeah, what happens we then? need to like manufacture, you know, it's not as much of, of the industry as it used to be, but you have to be able to manufacture uh, like DVDs and stuff for sale at retail, and that that's right. meant at a country level. And you can't; it's too impractical to have it different from from place to place. And so this is rated. These ratings are for showing the movie in a movie theater. But for retail, what they do is they pull like they the movie comes out in theaters, uh-huh. and they pull all the provinces, and they do the average. <laughs> they use the average rating. Do they average it. Oh my god! Really. Yes. So that is the Canadian Home Video Rating System, which is just That's... ask all the provinces and then just do the most popular slash average pick from from all of those. The, you know, the U.S. one has changed a few times. I don't know if you know that. No, I, I kind of, it seems static to me. No, not at all. I mean, it, mo- the thing is, it seems static to you because most of the changes uh, happened either before we were born or shortly after we were born. You and I are around the same age. So yeah, so they, they're, they, but it has changed Quite a few times, and it even has changed like since I was a like a kid. The one thing that's different between us and Canada, by the way, is that the, you're 14A. You have to be 14 unless you have a parent, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So PG-13, you don't actually have to be 13. Oh, really? Parents are just cautioned. Oh, so like a 12-year-old can go into a movie theater and they're not refusing entry. I, I mean, the movie theater might, but the, technically the, the, there's no restriction on the, on the uh, legal. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and you definitely are not supposed to go into a 14A or 18A without an F. No, yeah. R, R is the only one where it's true. But so, mm-hmm. so looking at this uh, history, from 68 to 70, it was G, M, R, and X. Okay. Then uh, eventually in the 70s, early 70s, and then the uh, through the mid-80s, it was like, g and gp and then they i don't know they flipped gp to be pg which is just i think but that was always like when i was a kid it was gp gpg 13 r and x and then they changed x to nc 17 in like 1990 something yeah i think i remember that yeah because x had like a really specific like kind of porny yeah, X. Well, I mean, vibe. yeah, and, and then, then XXX, and right, and then NC seventeen was like, yeah, because they you once your the rating, X's. once your rating system is like encouraging bad behavior, <laughs> when it's like rated X version, right? It's like or non rated right. stuff. Then you want to just kind of reset. But like Midnight Cowboy, Clockwork Orange, they all got like the X rating. Oh, I didn't know Clockwork Orange was X. And then they they switched. Well, nowadays it would be like NC seventeen, right? Because they changed mm. it. Because they were uh, the first one to get changed was Henry and June, which I do not. I, oh, I guess that's the movie about uh, Henry Miller and June Miller. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're both Millers, but Ananias Nin. But like, I because I know that a lot of films these days they will try really hard not to get that NC seventeen. Yeah, well, I mean, often like, they'll try really hard, or not in general, to get they'll our, try to get down one yeah, level because yeah. just the yeah. amount of money that you can bring in just goes up a lot. You know that nudity starts at PG in the U.S uh hmm really that's um yeah. Yeah. I, i've heard some interesting those could be some future facts about like cutoffs and i've heard some interesting stories about negotiations of like exactly how far you can push oh, or like crazy. oh you get one f-bomb exactly one yeah. for the whole movie for, for 13 pg-13 or something i don't know what it is there's a certain like line um and they decide like how are they going to spend it exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. let me ask a, a another question of you uh, is the is the rating system that you're talking about in Canada is that a voluntary decision by the film industry or is that a legal precedent from the country? No, it's the same as it is in I think in the states, which is that the the movie theaters are required to like enforce. No, we, that's no, we don't. Have so, that. You said for rated R, they have to. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the those are the ratings from the Motion Picture Association of America. Oh yeah, no, I don't think that they're. Mm, I don't think that the ratings for the. Mm, well, I assume that there's back and forth, right? Because the British Columbia Film Classification Office probably does not have the volume to deeply like evaluate every single thing coming in. Maybe it does, but my guess would be that. Uh, the people who are importing these things go and have like forms they fill out of like what they do and don't have or something like that. So, but I mean, like the Canadian government is involved, right? The provincial governments are involved, but the government government's involved. involved. Yeah, the government's not involved in the United States at all. No, this is all trade organizations. So they're just like self policing for the hope they don't get smacked down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 yeah the British Columbia Film Classification Office is part uh it's like mandated by the motion picture act of british columbia um that's a law so it's a law it's part of the government and uh it there's one equivalent ones in each well not in every province apparently uh some of the provinces just use the british columbia ratings because it's like it's good enough Uh, whatever you're doing it 
do your thing. And a side side fun fact (laughs) about this, which is actually how I got onto this whole thread, was I wanted to know about the restricted cat. Okay. So this is an this is something that I had assumed until this week was something that the whole world knew about, or at least it was like a North American thing. Never, it's a it's like a cat shape, and it has the word "restricted" on it. You haven't seen this before. I have not. Well, I have seen it because you sent it to me yesterday, but I haven't. But I had not seen it before then. Right. So I was like, "Have you seen this this cat before?" And you're like, "I haven't seen this." I'm like, no. "Oh, really?" Right. Because it just occurred to me. Yeah. I'm like, I want to double check to see how broad this thing yeah. was. No. And this is apparently an innovation nope. from the '60s. But I like that cat. It's a pretty cool cat. So so I'll yeah. I'll li- I'll link it up in the show notes. Yeah. You cannot find anything out about it by searching "restricted cat." Right. Which that which is what blew my mind when I started. Re- I'm just like, oh yeah, like the restricted cat. And it's just like the internet's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Which never happens. Yeah. Like you, I never Google a thing, and it doesn't immediately return results. And that's because this was something from the '60s that the British Columbia government said, "Well, we want to make sure that we have clear branding for movies that are restricted um, and that kids aren't allowed to go to." And so they they actually had this branding scheme where there was this cat who is a cougar. <laughs> so back to cougar uh, recurring theme on the show. Sure. Um, so they have this cougar and it's silhouetted and it says restricted on it and it looks really badass. Yeah. It, it invites me to want to watch the movie. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make me want to stay away. Yeah, it definitely. And, and they would have strangely, bizarrely, these little trailers before restricted mm-hmm. movies that would have like, um, like, cats doing things and then but then it would like morph into the restricted cat and be like bow like parental supervision required this sounds so cool and so (laughs) apparently supposedly according to the remaining documentation i was able to bring up on this once you start searching the restricted cougar you actually start to get some stuff about it um but uh apparently it would it would make it clearer and discourage if anyone accidentally accidentally went into the wrong theater in a multiplex or whatever, having this brand in branding uh-huh. more stigmatized showing these things to minors, okay, but also hyped up adults for it, so it was like win win huh. Yeah. yeah. And this restricted cat originally was just part of a BC, but apparently it has spread a bit because BC had some of the earlier censor and like rating systems. So a lot of other Canadian provinces ended up with cuts of the films that would have this restricted cat on it. And so now you end up seeing like if you go to a like a like a strip club or a, a bar even or whatever, like people will have like a sign that just has the restricted cat on it. So like you see oh, it around. Yeah. It's it's well understood. Yeah, and there's like when I was a kid there's a section of the the of blockbuster or whatever the oh, restricted cat section the restricted cat section and it would have like a little curtain or, or whatever just like see i just want that to be a section of films about cats yeah but about... i don't want them to be restricted you got to share the cat videos with everyone you got to share the cat which is video. now in the modern situation so it that one of the advantages in the u.s of it not being a legal thing i mean like literally theaters don't even have to enforce it if they just want to let anyone in they can let anyone in is that when you buy home movies here like, you know, as someone who buys Blu-rays and stuff, they don't have to put any ratings on the case. Hmm. But when I have imported videos from the UK, for example, there's these truly ugly looking stickers that like or like symbols from the British film, whatever rating board that they have to put on all the cases. It really detriment. And they have to be like on the front of it. I think you can get away a little bit with where on it it is, but somewhere on this beautiful packaging, you have to put these horrendous th- stickers that do not like they're a bit like California's 
uh, carpool lane stickers. They just don't match with any. Yeah, those are pretty gross. Somehow they found a scheme that that does not match with anything, uh, and it's really ugly. And so I do. So in Canada, do you know? Like, if I buy a Blu-ray or a DVD, do I have? Does it come with the rating sticker on it in British Columbia? I'm like 99 percent sure. I would say it has the American badge and the Canadian one on it. We don't have a badge. No, we don't, don't have, have a like badge. You have like an R in a round wrecked. Uh, yeah, not that it doesn't get put on products ever. I, well, maybe as a sticker that you can take off. So, like in the day when you go to Blockbuster, like a twelve-year-old yeah. could have just rented whatever for Clockwork Orange. No, because Blockbuster had rules about it, and they had their own stickers. They had Blockbuster did their own film ratings. No, 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 no. They just had rules about the. the they would use the film ratings, the, the, the main ones, but they would. But just, it wasn't on know, the box, they, so like Blockbuster would have to have like a database of film ratings and and figure I out. Think what, so really. I mean, I worked at a Hollywood video, and that's what I remember. So a Hollywood video, you would dec- when when someone tried to check something out, like a kid coming. No, they the were desk, like stickers on the thing, but I don't think they were like printed on. They there. were like a Hollywood. Or maybe video they were printed stickers. only on the rental copies. Huh. But like, if you buy like a like a like a Blu-ray of something in the stores today, there's no there's no rating sticker on it. Huh. That's interesting. I'm I I don't have it. I'm like looking around like I don't have any Blu-rays on my desk. I have a lot of Blu-rays, but they're not on my desk. Yeah, yeah, you have an entire system for it. And then if you look at the Canadian one, it's just this horrendous logo. Um Canadian DVD. I mean not Canadian, sorry, British. Package. You, those are actually different places. Here I'm gonna send you Here's the uh, here's like a product in America, and then I'm going to send you a really uh, the same product from the UK. And do you see just looking in there? Do you see the sticker like in the lower the symbol in the lower left? Oh yeah, and that that's like their rating for something. Yeah, and it's so it's ugly. Not great. No, okay. and imagine it's on a better cover than this. This is sort of like a nothing cover, but for a wonderful movie. It's, it, so if it's Clockwork yeah. Orange, yeah. Oh yeah. So like, yeah. No, we don't have it on the front. So I just like yeah. I don't think you have to have it on the front. I think you can put it on the back. Yeah, we have. A, I just like search that same movie. I think they're all in the back. I think that they're just like in the back corner in the fine print where there's a bunch of other garbage anyway. Oh, the Amazon.ca website is way nicer. Amazon.ca website is awful. So if you have an even worse Amazon in America, my heart goes out to you. Oh my god, this is so much nicer. Amazon is of any website the one I use the most that has the most garbage of just every page has a javascript oh, no loading no, you have just no popping up idea. random like this might no, be related and like you, oh you're living you look, in a golden <laughs> age and you don't even know it <laughs> you look like you looked at an item you'll only need once in your life no once you, you don't have any idea how good you have oh things, for the rest friend. of your life you'll have carousels you'll have you carousels of them know. on every single page you live in a you live in a pan you live in a panacea wonder world buy a 10 pack of baby monitors now well, I mean, who doesn't need 10 baby monitors? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't, I have one more fun fact for you that I want to share with you. Oh, one last thing about the restricted oh, cougar. Oh, yes, please. Is that you may have seen the restricted cougar before, even though nope. many Americans have seen it before, <laughs> although they maybe didn't absorb it because they might have thought okay. it was fictional. Uh, sure. If you have seen the movie Grindhouse. Nope. Um, That's why I haven't seen which it. Which m- at least some people will have seen the Tarantino uh rodriguez the guy uh, yeah it's robert Ro- 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 robert rodriguez um collaboration grindhouse they have this like shtick in between the because grindhouse has like multiple sub movies and there's this shtick in between them where they have these like kind of crappy purposely crappy 60s uh transition uh graphics and 
it plays a bunch of those and then it plays one of the british columbia film classification restricted warning trailers as part of grindhouse so if you that's random yeah and so you actually see that restricted tiger or the the cougar the restricted cougar um as part of that movie so i'll link that up as well cool yeah and when you see it if you haven't seen it before like when i saw it i was just like oh okay i think that might have been part of why i thought i maybe part of why i thought the restricted cougar was something that was just known across cultures uh or at least in america um but uh and someone who saw that an american who saw that in grindhouse probably would have thought it was just part of the the fictional world of the movie yeah yeah i would have because i didn't know all right so you have uh restricted cougar related fact i do here we go you ready <laughs> what a coincidence that you happen to have prepared something about something that you had no idea that existed <laughs> until five minutes ago never heard of yeah. before today yeah uh fun fact the geographical center of north america is located in the coincidentally named city of center north dakota center north dakota yeah Th- that seems unlikely <laughs> so the the city of center north dakota i don't know if it's really a city maybe it's more of a town it was started in 1902 and was named for being the center of oliver county oh sure critical now, critical nexus of commerce <laughs> yeah. now the town of rugby north dakota population 2900 has claimed the title of geographical center of north america since 1931 but then it moved But the Wikipedia page currently describes this as disputed by mathematical analysis. (laughs) That's a nice way to say wrong. Right. So disputed by by math. They sell t-shirts and mugs with the title. They have a Miss Geographic Center beauty pageant. They have a fall fair called Geographical Center Day, which is really just a rolls off the tongue title. Uh, But, 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 but in 2015... The mayor of Robinson, North Dakota, which has 37 people living in it, and is about 80 miles to the south of Rugby, nabbed the trademark for Geographical Center. They, so like it wasn't being used, and so he, oh, like they were yeah, using so, it, but then he registered the trademark. Well, yeah, so the, no, so the mayor of Robinson, he owns a, he's the co-owner of a bar called Hanson's, and he was at the bar with his friends. They were having a couple drinks. I've seen this described as a one-room bar, which I think most bars are, one room. But uh, anyway, they decided that rugby was probably wrong and that their bar was actually the center of North America. And so, uh, I, you know, many people would have forgotten that by the next day when they, you know, sobered up. But apparently the mayor checked with the trademark and patent office and discovered that rugby had accidentally let their trademark lapse. They hadn't, re- they hadn't paid the fee yeah, so he paid $375 to file a trademark for Robinson, North Dakota. <laughs> this is the pettiest. <laughs> well, yeah, so he, he totally is. So he got asked, like, by a paper, like, how did, did he feel bad about stealing this trademark from another North Dakota town, you know? And he said, no, not at all. They dropped the ball. Snooze, you lose, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and threatened? He he he, thre- he he offered to settle it with the mayor of rugby in a boxing match. That seems reasonable. Yeah, to which the mayor of rugby was like, "No." And then they rugby counterfiled uh with the trademark office, right? 
And so then in 2017, rugby got their trademark back. It was a co-trademark for a while. Okay. Then in 2018, Robinson lost the trademark. But the the funniest thing about all this, I think, is that there there is no accepted way to measure the geographic center of a continent. What what would be the options? Like, what are you picking? Right, that's the thing. Well, do you have to include islands? Uh, Do you include the water? Like, how do you actually do this? Well, no, I'm going to go. Yes, islands, no water. So yeah, but that's your opinion, right? And that's great. Sure, but, but so but rugby, <laughs> rugby had one opinion. Well, so the U.S. Geological Survey has made two attempts to figure this out. Okay, uh, and once in 1931, and then once in 1995, and both times more or less rugby was the answer. In neither case was rugby actually the answer, but it was within miles of rugby, sure. right? Now, after their 1995 attempt and during this feud between these two cities, they were asked about this and they said they had no plans to do another one because of the total lack of practical value of figuring it out, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. which is amazing. But like I'm impressed they got two surveys. Yeah, well, exactly. But they were 60 years apart, you know. Yeah, they got to double check. Right. But that didn't stop this most recent scientist who claims that center is the center. And he claims that his study has taken into account the curvature of the Earth mm, mm-hmm. and is therefore the most accurate of any of them. I have to I have to at least admit that I would prefer the center to be center. Yeah. This, this, this yeah. Town I agree with center. that. So anyway, the, all of this may seem totally pointless, but uh, in a state where tourism is is actually really hard to come by, they don't, you know, way less people visit North Dakota than South Dakota, even though they're roughly the same climate because South Dakota has mount rushmore it, it makes a huge difference to rugby that they have this because like they're selling all this merch sure and they've got like a tourist shop and stuff so it's actually really important and this is like now a key point in inter-dakota relations it's, it kind of is right like it's yeah. really it's really causing trubs <laughs> for the uh for the fine state of, uh, of north dakota of north dakota they're gonna fight that's there's gonna be a, a mayor boxing match i i'm kind of disappointed there wasn't I, that's not yeah. true. I'm definitely disappointed that there wasn't. <laughs> I apologize. My previous statement <laughs> for, for pretending that you. Yeah, that's I mean, on one hand, it's like, how did this happen? On the other hand, it's of, of course, town in the middle of nowhere that has a tourist attraction that costs them nothing. Right. And brings in money. Well, they are. They cost them a little bit. They built a monument. Right. But there's not ongoing upkeep. You know, like Mount Rushmore, they right. got to like, I don't know, clean the heads. I don't know what they do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know what they do. They, they got to keep it, you know, like Trim it is. Trim the nose hair. Uh, but to just be like, or like if you're going to be the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota, you got to like make the ball of twine. You got to have the ball yeah, of twine. Yeah, and you got to yeah. feed it and whatever. But the to be the center of of North America, it was just kind of bestowed on you by the U.S. Geological Survey. And so you can see why that might become a bit of a petty thing that they would want to defend. I love the mayor. I guess he's probably the former mayor now of this Robinson, who said that he if he if they if they, if they were really upset about it, he'd be he'd have the charity boxing match. But and he would consider selling the trademark back to rugby, but only if it was quote a dollar amount that was like oh my god, you know. <laughs> okay, I want more <laughs> quotes from this mayor. <laughs> and then the rugby mayor was like. I have no intention of responding to that, meaning the boxing yeah. match. I thought it was a clever way for him to get some free advertising. I'm not interested in such foolishness. Yeah, no, I definitely want more quotes than the first guy. Yeah, the first guy's great, yeah. right? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know, why not us? Right? Why not us? Uh, I have a health fact, a self-care fact for you. Okay. For me. Just for me? 
Okay, everyone else at home, stop listening because it's only for me. For you in particular, I actually don't. I don't know about your kinematics. If you have any repetitive strain situations, I don't. No, I'm very lucky. Uh, but many of us who who work at a desk all day do, and so I try to share this knowledge that has helped me greatly. Fun fact: you can use your mouse with either hand. No. That's a that's a lie, and I don't know why you're lying to and people. And people find this very very skeptical of this. Um, and 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 often you, as somebody who's most people right-handed, or if you're left-handed, generally if you tell someone that they're starting to get some pain in their right hand, and you can say, you know what, yeah. you you actually would too much mousing. Yeah, you could be mousing on your left hand and then balance it out a little bit, and then you're going to let your right hand recover more. Mm. And they will generally say sorry, I'm right-handed. I can't mouse with my left hand. Or maybe they'll try it for like one second and then they'll be like, ah, oh, I can't see. I proved I can't do it. No, you know what though? What? It's really easy. Uh, you have, you have you done it? I'm just doing it right now. No, no, I'd never done it before. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just switch. Never done it before. And I just tried yeah, it. And you're already like, you know, 75% is good. Easy. Um, yeah, and so the the mouse control panel or whatever, a preference pane, the mouse preference pane, you can just switch your left to right click. If you have one of the default Mac mice, it's already uh, ambidextrous, like left and right. Yeah. Uh, or it's easy to get a left and right mirrored mouse. Um, no, this is great. And it's really great for giving your right wrist or arm or elbow or anything that's bothering you a break. And I found, I, I ended up learning it out of like, Okay, I have enough pain that I really can't do this now. Yeah. Um. So I guess I have to use my left. Uh, and then by like by the end of the day, I was like, I went from you know sixty percent is good to ninety percent is good, and now I'm like ninety five percent is good with my left hand. So I will like by default put my mouse on my right hand, but as soon as I'm starting to get pain now, I'll switch over to the left. And it does not. It doesn't take because your mousing isn't very fine. Like you're not using your fingers much, right? You're really just pushing your fingers and moving your arm. So it's it's like. Uh, you know, it's not using most of the the abilities that your right hand has that is makes it better than your left. So, uh, give it a try. You see, I would have assumed that the, that you know the mouse feels like such a precision pointing device mm-hmm. that I would have assumed that it it was going to be really bad. Right, right. Because uh, but it's not. It's it it's like shockingly easy. I mean, yeah, because you you sort you of know, feel I mean, like it's, it's not perfect. It's yeah, it's not perfect. But. but you sort of feel like it'll be like drawing. Right, like if you try to write hand, if you try to write right, with right, your left right, hand, right. it's I can't, a big I'm mess. Terrible that way. Because yeah. writing requires lots of fine finger and wrist precisions in multiple dimensions. Right, right. The mouse right. is only two D movement, like, just, and it's pretty gross movement. And you can turn down your mouse sensitivity yeah. if you want. Although, actually, don't be rude. Don't be rude to the movement. It's not gross. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's disgusting <laughs> movements. Disgusting motor controls. Yeah, so what mean. they call it. Um, <laughs> Uh, actually, yeah, that's a, like a side fun fact. Uh, if you go into your mouse prep pane and you max out your mouse sensitivity, uh, initially it'll yeah. be like, oh, the mouse is going all over the place. And so it makes it harder to do art if you're using like Illustrator or something. Um, but in general, it means that you'll be moving your wrist less and your arm less. Um, and so it's actually easier oh on uh, your, if you do have any repetitive strain or if you don't have any yet, but it would really suck if you couldn't use a computer 
which might be the yeah. case for some of our listeners. Um, this is really fast, though. The maximum fast? Yeah, it, it's like the left... Yeah. Don't do the left hand and the max speed in the same day. Do you do this all the time, this this speed? Uh, I don't do the maximum speed. There's actually a secret default, right, where you can make it even faster than it will let you make it in the press phase. You do it even faster than the maximum? You do a t- hyper turbo max? Yes. There's like It's like speed 1 out of 10, but then there's like a command line where you can be like, defaults, right, system, mouse speed... 14 you turn it up to 11 yeah, i turn it up to 11 yeah wow um it's incredible and it's great and like you get used to it and again i have to like if i'm doing some really fine like uh illustrator drawing switch back art like it's pretty rare for me to do that um but if i am then yeah. i sometimes will wind it back um but it's a nice combo of um of less wear on your wrist and then you just yeah. like, feel like a badass yeah. you're just most like flying all over the place well, knock on wood, and I'm literally going to knock on wood here. Thus far, I have no uh, repetitive stress issues. I'm not really sure why. Just maybe lucky, I guess. Yeah, we're young. Uh, but uh, but it's really cool to learn this stuff. This is so interesting. Yeah, so it's maybe not uh, um, something that everyone can use now, but as soon as you start getting some wrist tingling slash discomfort slash soreness, then uh, flip flip crank on that speed up to 11 Get that mouse in your left hand, and then uh, just do that until your your left wrist starts hurting, and then maybe see a professional. Or just... <laughs> okay, have you tried with your foot? Is it uh, as you know what I haven't? And based on that, my evidence that my left hand was pretty good, I assume that my foot is also going to be pretty dexterous. Yeah, you maybe get up to like eighty five percent, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. all you need. That's yeah. a good. It's a good uh, right. health health and safety fact. Start mousing with your just feet. Mouse with your feet. I feel like I mean, you'd start with your right foot. It's your your dominant foot. I yeah, I, I think that's true. You don't want to <laughs> go all the way. Or is it like flipped? Is it like you see those diagrams? Where your left brain, your right brain, like your left and right feet. Like is your right foot your dominant foot? I have no idea. It's a great question. If anyone out there is a dominant foot expert, well, you can find out. Just try like just try writing. No, no, but with your Alan, foot, Alan, and see Alan, which, if anyone out there is a dominant. Anyone is foot a dominant expert. foot expert. Please contact us on Twitter at FunFactFM. Right. And let us know. Urgently inform us. Also, maybe leave us a rating or review on iTunes where you explain yes. this to us in simple ways. Like, we fully accept, really try to be condescending. We fully accept five star ratings that then also explain a fact or ask us a question. Yeah. If, Actually, that's, that's the only way to communicate with us from now on is a five star rating. Right. The best way to tell us anything is a five star review yeah, on exactly. iTunes. Uh, you were actually yeah. uh, horribly wrong about Canada film ratings, and it is in fact five five stars. <laughs> otherwise, five stars. You're the worst podcast I've ever. Well, listened to. <laughs> if if it's if it's really bad <laughs> feedback, you can just send a private message. But otherwise, the five star review with corrections and suggestions. Best yeah. way, mm-hmm. yeah. And for sure, if you want us to suggest a fact, five star review is a great yeah. way to do that. Or you can just tell me tell me those. No, no, leave us the five-star review. We need the review. Uh, we got some good ones, man. But yeah, they're always, apparently it feeds the beast. We love you all. 